All right, guys, it's seven. Let's have a meeting. <clears throat> Welcome. Good evening. This is the regular meeting of the All-In Group of Alcoholics Anonymous. My name is Matt, and I'm an alcoholic. Let us open the meeting with a moment of silence to do with as you wish, followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. The preamble. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no, food, no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any set, sect, denomination, politics, organization, or institution does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. Singleness of purpose. This is a closed meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous in support of AA's singleness of purpose. Attendance at a closed meeting is limited to persons who have a desire to stop drinking. If you think you have a problem with alcohol, you are welcome to attend this meeting. We ask that when discussing our problems, we confine ourselves to those problems as they relate to alcoholism. The 12 steps. I have asked a friend to read the 12 steps of AA. Hey guys, I'm Joe, I'm an alcoholic. What's up, Joe? The 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol and our lives had become unmanageable. Two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, we made a decision to turn our world in our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and more, or fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted God to ourselves and another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except for the use of them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, probably amended. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you. Timekeeper. At this meeting, it is customary to have a spiritual timekeeper to ensure that we are staying on track. The lead has 10 minutes to share, and all other group members have three minutes to share. The timekeeper will give you a one-minute notice when you have one minute remaining left for your share. Is there anyone who would like to volunteer to be our spiritual timekeeper? All right. Yeah, Colin. Introductions. Is there anyone here attending their very first meeting of AA or just recently coming back to AA who thinks they have a problem with alcohol? All right, at this point, we would like to introduce ourselves however you wish to do so. My name is Matt, and I'm an alcoholic. My name is Kellen, I'm an alcoholic. Kellen, I'm an alcoholic. I'm Ed, I'm an alcoholic. I'm Matt, I'm an alcoholic. I'm Michael, I'm an alcoholic. Michael. Joe, I'm still an alcoholic. What's up, Joe? Joe, I'm an alcoholic. Joe, Cameron, I'm an alcoholic. Cameron. David, I'm an alcoholic. David. John, I'm an alcoholic. John. Jay, I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Jay. Gabe. 
Drew. I'm Paul. I'm Paul. Oh. Aaron, alcoholic. Aaron. Aaron. My name's Tyler. I'm Tyler. Tyler. My name's Brett. I'm an alcoholic. Brett. Brett. Max. 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 Richard. I'm an alcoholic. Richard. I'm John, I'm an alcoholic. Hey, John. All right. Hey, Will. Welcome. The topic lead. It is this group's format to have a topic lead and designate someone to speak for 10 minutes on that topic. Tonight, I've asked my friend John B. to do our lead on the topic of fear and sobriety. Thanks, Matt. Uh, I'm John. I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. I sent Matt a podcast the other day, and in it, I guess they talked about fear because he called me this morning to talk about how good the podcast was, and then said, "Would you mind doing the lead on fear?" And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> "So don't send Matt a podcast." Then <laughs> um, I'm like, "How can I talk about fear? Because I'm so butch, and all these guys will think that I don't." Couldn't possibly know what fear is, but um, I'll give it my best shot. I, uh, you know, so I I thought about fear. You know, of course, I thought about fear a lot today, and um, you know, I've had this love hate relationship with fear. In the beginning, fear kept me sober. I had a doctor tell me that I either had. Uh, viral hepatitis B or chronic hepatitis B, but we needed three months to get a good read on my liver. And he said, don't drink for three months and we'll be able to do that. And I was like, okay, of course I was like, you know, thank God somebody's told me not to drink. But I really, I was so scared of dying that I wanted to get a really good read on my liver. And so I didn't drink. I felt like shit. I was I, I mean, fear, just, I can't describe the fear all the time. And um, there wasn't Google, there was Ask Jeeves. And every time I'd put in something to Ask Jeeves, it'd be like, you know, HIV. Everything, everything with liver just popped up, every bad disease. And um, so, and I had them all, like, instantly. I gave myself, like, three minutes to live a lot. And um, I would go to the doctor a lot. And then... Finally, I started feeling better, but I still didn't want to drink. I said, I'll go to AA until I can drink again. And, um, you know, luckily I got in, I read the literature, but my first meeting, I remember sitting there and I saw one day at a time up on the wall. And I thought, okay, that, that I held on to that. I was like, I'm not dying today. I'm not like, you know, there's nothing really bad today that I can tell. So I'll just do one day at a time. And that lasted like it often does about, you know, till the end of the meeting. And then um, I didn't know it, but I was taking this medicine and the medicine gave me thrush in my mouth. And so I thought, and you looked up thrush and there, there's everything wrong with that too. And um, so I would look in my mouth all the time and I went back to the dock in the box. And this time I thought I had warts on the back of my, in my, uh, back of my throat or whatever, and the doctor goes, she opened the door and she goes, are you back again? And I'm like, yes, this time it's really bad. And um, she goes out and she gets this big encyclopedia and she comes back and she's like, this right here? And I'm like, that's it, that's it. She goes, those are your taste buds. Don't come back here. <laughs> and um, I was like, oh, okay, okay. And I was like, maybe this is crazy. But 
as I got more into the program and more, you know, this one day at a time thing, things got really good. Except the thing that fear did at that time that was good with all that is I was smoking cigarettes and smoking pot and I quit it all because of the, the thrush. And, you know, I look back on that and I'm like, thank God I didn't want to die because there have been times in sobriety where I thought, I just wish this shit were over, um, you know, because of, of whatever was happening. But luckily I didn't fear I pushed through. Then, um, you know, as time went on, I can remember, like, I became a real estate agent in this first, my first real estate deal was just a nightmare, but it got okay. And I can remember standing up in, in a meeting in Charleston and saying that I, we stood up to talk there and I literally stood up and I talked about how I no longer had the fear of economic insecurity. And um, that's the last time I ever said that. And, you know, don't, I, I will not profess that again. But um, it's the whole, you know, fear, fear causes my defects of character, character to come to the top. Like, if, you know, if I'm angry, if I'm pissed off, if I'm being a jerk, I can say, what, you know, what's wrong? And it's nine times out of ten, it's I'm afraid of something. Or probably ten times out of ten, I'm afraid of something. When after Matt and I got off the phone, I looked up, um, I, I remember emailing a, a list of fears at some point, and I found this list of fears that I did in August of 2019. And that is, let me recommend that right now because it is such good therapy, not just to, not to, not only to look back on it, but just to write it out. And I can remember writing them all out and feeling relief from that. And um, so much of the stuff like never came true and so much of it was around business and so much of it was around the IRS and all this stuff and like it all got worked out because I, you know, I can apply the steps to solutions, dealing with the stuff and, and facing it and not letting it take me down some rabbit hole. And then um, when COVID came, I, you know, I had a restaurant and every day, people were so scared, you know, what's gonna happen, what's gonna happen? And every day, all I said to the employees, every single morning, we're just gonna take this one day at a time. Because they would be like, are we gonna close? Are we gonna close? And so many places were closing, and they'd reopen and all that. And I just said, as long as they let us keep making food, we're gonna stay open. And, you know, and it's not like I didn't have fear. I'm not trying to come off like I didn't have it, but, like since those first times of going to the doctor every five minutes or looking up whatever medical stuff I looked up all the time, when I, when I go through fear now, I talk about it, I write about it. I, you know, I can sit, I can tell myself, this is ridiculous. This is fear. You know, there's all the acronyms uh, for fear, face everything and recover, fuck everything and run, or fuck everything and run. Um, you know, and I, I always ran, always ran. And now the whole facing stuff, and, and for a long time that was opening my mail or, you know, hearing someone that had a problem with me at work or something like that and sitting down and actually saying, okay, what's your problem? And not, you know, being super defensive about it and just listening to it. I, I can get the character defects out of the way enough to hear what's going on in my life or mind or what somebody else's mind too. Um, I've, you know, this past, 
let's see, last, I, I sold my business and the, from December until the end of January was, was the most difficult time of, of doing it. Because one, December we were really busy and then the sale of it, it just, it gets to, you know, they want all these different reports every day, that type of thing. And then I would think they're not gonna, they're not gonna buy it and stuff. And um, I just, there were, there were many opportunities for me to have fear around it. And for, you know, to be busy and stressed out with everything else going on, and then have to deal with this stuff. And to be able to have this program and to be able to have people in this program that I can talk to and work it out and because you know if I call somebody and talk about it I hear how ridiculous I am or that how ridiculous it sounds for me to worry about something one most of the time I have zero control over the only thing I have control over is how I'm reacting to it and you know how am I doing that am I praying about it am I turning it over am I saying the third step prayer a million times um, you know if that's what it takes then I need to do that because fear is one thing that I've learned is going to come back uh, again and again. But I just, you know, I just handle it so much differently now. And it, it has such um, a different effect on me. And I've, I've said it in here many times. If I'm living in steps one, two, and three, then I'm so much, I can deal with anything. If, you know, I can't, he can, and I need to let him. Those three things. Uh, just ring true so much for fear and, and the shit that life brings. One minute. Thank you. Um, so I think I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and I'm supposed to say John Mooseberger in my share because then I'll get an A plus on the topic. So I do not fear John Mooseberger, but I just want a fucking A plus. <laughs> With that, I'll pass. <coughs> Thanks, John. The meeting is now open. <clears throat> Please be considerate of the time you share so that all who wish to do so will have an opportunity to share. The meeting is now open. Hey, Drew. It's a great topic and a great meet, John. I appreciate that a bunch. You know, I, uh, I probably had my worst day in sobriety on Saturdays, and it's all on the fear. Um, I had just spoken on Friday with a guy for about an hour, and a lot of what we talked about was fear running a business and all these things that are just that are just look overwhelming when I think about them as a whole and I don't think about small chunks of things to do to improve things but a guy I just let go um, I actually left him my, my work phone so he could um, help, help him find a job because he's doing, he's doing something helpful and his girlfriend ended up like taking pictures out of our personal work server like a people's checks and posting them online in his Facebook group and like this is how they're keeping track of all your financials and all this stuff. And then this is like right before my 7 a.m. meeting and I'm like, my head explodes. Like, my business is going to crash. Nobody's ever going to call my company again. I am ruined. And like, I stayed in that zone, like, for way too long. But it's, it's like I just cycled, started that cycle in my head where fear took over, right? And I, and I, I know what to do and I talked with a few guys about it and things dialed down a little bit. And then, you know, I hit another meeting at 9.30, the newcomers meeting at the club and, like I settled down and like, okay, like we start somewhere. This is, we have to approach this in a different manner. And like, had I not been sober and had I not had the steps and the people in this program to lean on, I would have, like, it would have been out of control. 
I mean, absolutely out of control. And I would have made an ass of myself online. I would have, you know, there were several things that just would have happened that would not have turned out well and I couldn't come back from, you know, some really hefty amends that I wouldn't have even thought about making if I wasn't in this program. But, you know, after, after like settling down and think, 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 right? Like just, I don't have to act on things as they happen to me. I have the ability today to stop and look at everything as a whole and respond to things as I need to. And, you know, the situation is going to work itself out however it's supposed to. I don't know how it's supposed to. That's part of the fear, fearful part for me is that I don't know what the end result of that's going to be, you know. And I, I wouldn't do anything before I got here without knowing what the result was going to be, um, you know, for the most part. It's going to be something that was selfish and self-centered on my end. But really do appreciate the topic. I appreciate what you shared. And I look forward to what you guys have to say. I'll pass. Thanks, Drew. Thanks, John. It's great. It's a great lead. <clears throat> this is a topic. I mean, there's so much stuff on it. You know, in the in the big book and <clears throat> in the twelve and twelve. There's so many things, and, and it's it's always a relevant topic. You know, the <clears throat> the description in the big book about you know fear being like an evil and corroding thread. You know, the fabric of our existence is shot through with it. Like that's just a picture. You know, I think about like a like a rug. You know, it's just it's it, it's just a thread that runs all the way through it and through my life. There's so much fear. I did a <clears throat> I did a fear inventory a few years ago when I was redoing redoing the steps and and um, the number of fears that I wrote down was like absurd. And and, and the, the person I was doing the, the four step with encouraged me to really like you know to, even if it's if you think it sounds stupid, write it down. <clears throat> when I wrote it down, and I was embarrassed to share some of them, and it was just like, even the most stupid ones, you know, people, you know, people I had to share it with were like, I get it, I get it, you know. Um, one of the other things, you know, you mentioned about character defects. I think it's in the, I think it's in the twelve and twelve where it, it says, self-centered fear is the chief activator of our character defects, and that's and that's the truth. And I, I think about that in that long list of fears that I wrote out. But those are the things that cause me <clears throat> to be angry or frustrated or lash out or wh whatever, whatever it could be. Um, and, um, you, you know, typically if I'm upset, if I can pause, which is difficult for me to do, and take a look at it, <clears throat> I can generally track it back to, okay, what is, what is the underlying fear that's causing me to act this way? You know, and they can often be simplified down to that, to that thing of it's either, it's either, I'm not going to get something I want, or I'm going to lose something I have. It's going to fall into one of those two categories most most of the time. One minute. <clears throat> Thanks. And um, one thing one thing I heard, I've got a friend in the program who, who uses this phrase a lot, so I didn't come up with it, but is he said the opposite of fear is faith, and I think Drew used that word just a minute ago, a minute ago too. You know, <clears throat> is that. You know, when I'm in fear, I have to have faith that, that something's going to be, that it's going to be different. And the evidence I had, I think I've shared this with the, with the group before, you know, one thing I do in the morning, I, I, I write a gratitude list, and I write, a, I write a quick little fear list. So if there's anything out, <clears throat> and I can go take, a notebook will last me like three or four months, and I can flip through when I'm getting ready to switch notebooks and look at all those fears, so I just thumb through and look at them. And you know what? Like, almost none of them came to fruition. And how much time have I wasted in fear on these things that never, ever happen? What a waste of my time. So.
that I've had. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks. Thanks. Well, I'm not calling. You will. You will. Um, thank you for the topic. Beers, uh, looking back on my drinking, beer was just uh, every part of my life. Uh, I thought a drink always fixed it. Uh, I was just talking to some of my my friends who were around me when I was drinking. I was explaining to them how I would just drink in front of them. I feel like they don't, they didn't even know me because I was scared to. Like my personality was just being drunk around them. I was scared to open up and be myself. Uh, and, and since getting rid of alcohol, it's been scary to open up about myself and just talk to people. But you know, I'm even scared to share in, in meetings. But uh, from my experience, just doing it, it just gets easier and easier. I've, I've made a, a ton of meaningful relationships just from just asking somebody how their day is. It's honestly makes me feel like my old, old when I was drinking, just like dumb I was. And to think, always in my head, like, now two more drinks from now, then I'm going to talk to them. And it just, that never ended. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Paul Malcolm. Hey, Paul. Um, <clears throat> this is a, a great topic, John. Um, it's something that I really, like, caught myself um, getting wrapped up in, in my own fears. Um,
Thank you. Tyler. Um, I was thinking about uh, when I came here, just my relationship with fear, like I could not put, um, I couldn't relate with that. Like when I read that book with a sponsor, I was like, yeah, not really. Um, and it wasn't until going through the work and kind of seeing like, or really even just seeing the alcohol and the drugs being removed and seeing like not being able to operate in the world. Um, so alcohol and drugs did for me, like they, they did <coughs> that fear. Let me go talk to that girl. Let me go out and like communicate and like be one with the people around me. Like without that buffer, that armor, that body shield, I couldn't operate in the world. I, I did not know how people did it. I heard a speaker say he felt like people got together before school and had a meeting and like he got there late and missed the meeting. And that's how I felt. It's like everyone's on the same page except me. Uh, but I had friends and they, they all said they liked me, but I knew that they were, but the point is like, I come here and no more drugs and alcohol, no more like so, so solution in my mind. It's like, how do I deal with life now? Um, and uh, you know, I go through this work and like slowly, it was a slow process for me. Like I couldn't share meetings, I didn't like this, I, I, I didn't. Uh, I just kind of just fucking was scared and would listen a lot. And, um, but going through the steps and doing that fear and and writing down that shit, um, the stuff that scared me. Like the first time I went through and I wrote, wrote that down and I was reading through the book, it says, you know, we were making inventory and then it says, um, we we asked God to move our fear and direct our attention to what he would have us be. How once we commence to outgrow fear. I'm like, and I said that word of like, okay. Uh, <laughs> and now it's gone. And uh, you know, my experience is like, I have the fear, I just take the action. I go and I ask, like I've been in meetings, I've been in situations where I'm filled with fear and I go to the bathroom, I get on my knees and I say a prayer. Um, and do I come out of there? Nothing has really changed, like I still am filled with fear. I just, I just take, I just do the footwork. I just show up, I just do, I take the steps and that's kind of my experience. It's like, as long as I continue to do the footwork, the results come. Um, and uh, you know, it doesn't mean that my relationship with the feeling changes. You know, it doesn't mean that I show up and I'm not scared. It doesn't mean I show up, but I can walk through the fear with grace and dignity, which is something that I couldn't do before. Like without, like you said, without causing wreckage all around me. That that was what I did. You know, I caused damage and wreckage all around me just from this fear uh, that drove me. And uh, today it's like I can pause when I just hate it or feel frightful, or I can wait and uh, you know I can ask for guidance. And uh, the feeling doesn't really always change, but as long as I take the action, the right action. You know, the results typically come. Um, but yeah, for something that I just could not relate with when I got here, it is probably the most important thing in my life today uh, that I have to work on. So I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Tyler. Thanks, Thanks Tyler. <coughs> What's up, Matt? Um, so for me, just like you, fear still surrounds me. Um, there's no escaping a feeling of fear. I don't know if there's a confident enough person in their abilities or knowledge or whatever, wisdom, that doesn't face fear in their lives. Um, but the difference for me from being in active addiction and now is that when I'm drinking or doing whatever, that fear is so insurmountable. I get caught in paralysis by analysis. Um, 
and I just sit there spinning my wheels, um, doing nothing about it, making it worse in most cases just because I want to drink over it. Um, but now my relationship has changed with fear. I actually kind of embrace fear like I never have before. Um, I have an ability <coughs> now to take an in, unimpaired second and back up and look at situations that I'm facing. And in reality, nothing that I'm facing is that big of a deal. I shouldn't be working myself up like this. Um, but I do that. I play things out in my head and I just assume the worst constantly. But at least now I have a second thought. Like, hey, it's not that big of a deal. I can handle this. Like, I'm doing things now that I haven't been doing for years, taking care of myself. I think I'm most ready to handle if I can handle fear or do what I thought was handling fear while drunk, I can most certainly handle it now, um, being sober. But it's still a learning process because I still get caught overanalyzing situations. Um, and that's something I have to work on. But for now, it's just going through life with fear is more of an opportunity for me to grow. Um, and whenever I put myself in those situations where I'm a little nervous, anxious, whatever, and I end up doing it okayly. Um, it just gives me more confidence for the next situation I face. Okay, but that's all. Thanks. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thanks, Colin. What's up, Gabe? Change like 
some point I crossed the threshold where you know, I drank and used alone because other people didn't drink and use like I did. And had a fear that people would find that out. You know, feared that if they did find that out, they'd tell me I needed help, you know, all that. Um, but as I sort of got into it, sort of did the steps the first time, you know, I always kind of thought my first, my biggest character defect was like self-pity and apathy. You know, it was just, I don't know why I'm still in this fucking job that I've been in for 12 years and I hate it and you know, I feel sorry for myself about it. And it's, no, it wasn't really it. It's all fear about, I'm scared to take any action to try to change that. Um, and that, you know, the more I go on, the more I realize that, it doesn't mean I've learned how to definitely meet it head on, but I've, I have come to the conclusion that, you know, total, the only thing I know with any certainty is that inaction will leave me exactly where I am. If I don't do anything, then I'll stay in this fearful space that you know, can sit there and continue to start myself. Um, so, yeah, I just, it's a great topic. I know that still deal with it every day, um, and, but come to the conclusion that just because I'm scared that I may not get the result that I want from taking some action, there's no reason to not take the action, and, and the result may not be the one that I'm hoping it'll be, but you know, it might be the one that it's supposed to be. Thanks, Gabe. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, John. Today, A+. <laughs> no more fear. If you had mentioned humility um, <laughs> yeah. and my name together, right. like, top store. So, um, the, uh, I, I'm, just as a side note, I'm going to die from lung cancer because of the bong hits I did. And, you know, mm -hmm. that time I, you know, was using a paint sprayer and didn't use a mask. Yeah. <laughs> My wife's gonna leave me because I don't make enough money and my dad's too small. And my kids are gonna turn out just like me. So, um, you know, like of all those fears, um, it, fear is just a feeling, an emotion. And um, it's there for a reason. Um, you know, I'm fearful that of what will happen to me if I drink again, um, and that's good because it motivates me to come to AA meetings and stand up in AA. I'm fearful of the IRS, um, you know, being audited, and um, so therefore I, you know, when I hand the information over to my accountant, I make sure that it's as accurate, you know, as as, uh, as I can. Um, you know, those, are, those are good fears. Um, you know, I've already, my kids are, you know, 23 and 26, and I've already done everything I can to, you know, they both drink, and um, uh, I don't see any signs of alcoholism yet, um, but, you know, they were raised in a sober household, and they understood the genetic, you know, nature of the disease, and, you know, they're smart, and, like, if they choose to drink and become alcoholics, it's not because, you know, they weren't forewarned. Um, um, but I also have like, you know, people have talked about this, like totally unreasonable fears. And um, the tools that we learn in AA, uh, you know, writing things down, sharing it with other people, um, turning it over, you know, like it says in the book, um, 
all of those things enable me to function and walk through the fear. And so, um, you know, that's, uh, that's the goal. It's not to be without fear. It's to be without, you know, the goal is to be without, you know, um, ridiculous fears, you know. Um, and when I have legitimate fears, to still be able to function, to not be paralyzed by it. And uh, everything that we learn in AA about this process uh, enables me to do that. And you know, what Barry said is that we, you know, the big payoff on this is that you know, I'm, I'm not consumed by it. Uh, and most importantly, the payoff for people around me is that I'm not a douchebag because I'm acting out on fears. Um, I understand what's going on and I can take appropriate action to deal with it. So, um, and because of that, my life is a lot better. So, um, this is a great topic. Um, I'll pass. Thank you, Thank you John. I'm Richard, I'm not all. Richard. 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 Thanks, John, for sharing. Um, you know, I was, when I was in treatment over the holidays, we spent so much time on really the first step, and that's two and three. Um, but I've switched now and I'm working my fourth step. Um, and I'm very early in the stages of kind of discovering my character defects and just this fear of awareness and how much it's kind of permeated my life. Um, but I, I, this last week, Barry and I have been talking and just, you know, he had made a comment, I hope he doesn't mind me sharing, that, the, um, that most of us operate out of fear. And, and not just alcoholics, but I was with my 10-year-old, and he and his um, his mother and I have separated recently, and we were throwing the football, and he just started, um, I could just tell everything was off. Um, but you know, I was thinking about that, the, the fear concept, and so, you know, we sat down, and he and I were just starting to do this. Um, but anyway, you know, we sat down, and we kind of uncovered that, and I talked to him about that, instead of just trying to explain to him why everything's gonna be okay. And then I told him, <clears throat> you know, I told him what my fears were. And, you know, we ended up having a really very nice moment. And so, um, anyway, I was grateful for it. And um, I'll pass. Thanks, Richard. Thank you, Richard. What's up, Max? Too is is that you know the the fear that I have to worry about now is not like oh my god I've got to go sit in my boss's office and ask him for more money or any of that kind of stuff or like I know it's coming fear for me now is like you know the festering that corrosive thread where I'm like sitting there going over the fucking budget in our house and I'm like how the fuck am I gonna pay for all this and I gotta start saving for daycare and yada yada and it gets to me and before I know it it's two days later and I'm screaming at the fucking mother of my child and I'm mad that the baby's yelling because he's tired and he won't go to sleep. 
that's the kind of fear that I have to worry about. It's that corrosive thread that's like my life is shot through with. And really the only way for me to, frankly, like I, I wish I was that guy where I'm like, yeah, I'm afraid of this thing that I haven't noticed for the last three days. Like I have to get beaten down by a formula and take a look at it. But, you know, the, the quickest way for me to get to that point as well is like John was talking about, it's the inventory. Like I have to act like, you know, the, the well, you know what step paradigm it is in the 12 and 12, but it's that whenever I'm disturbed, it's not the baby's fault or my boss's fault or the old lady in traffic, it's me. Something's going on with me and I have to get to that point of like, what am I afraid of right now? And it's, I mean, this is what always gets thrown out when talking about fear, but it's I'm afraid I'm not gonna get something that I want or I'm gonna lose something I already have. Well, no. but, but more often than not, it's like, yeah, my life's pretty great. I got this house, I got this baby, I got this fucking car sitting out there in the driveway. I don't want to lose all that shit. And so the most surefire way for me to lose it is to live in fear, you know, for long enough. Because if I'm in fear long enough, then a drink or a drug is going to sound like a good idea. And I fucking have a pretty good idea of what happens if that fucking dog and pony show starts up again. And so, you know, like, the only way for me to really, like, get to that, I have to keep going back to meetings. I have to fucking work the steps. I have to continue try to take that inventory because otherwise I'm running on those hundred forms of fear and I might not even know it until it's too late. Um, so it's a great topic and I'm glad we're talking about it because like I said, man, that's the self-centered fear. It's the whole ballgame. So we'll dial pass. Thanks. Thanks, man. Thank you. Brody on ball. What's up, Brody? I <coughs> uh, can relate to a lot of what's been said. I think part of you know, the insanity that was my life before I came in here was if you had asked me, you know, what what I was afraid of, you know, the egomaniac part of me would say, I'm not afraid of anything, but you know, but the the person with all the insecurities um, would would be, you know, be get, getting eaten up inside, um, and and so I, I drank over that a lot, you know, really trying to to convince myself maybe that I wasn't scared of anything, um, you know, because I was told, you know, that being scared of things wasn't, you know, the, the manly thing to do, the strong thing to do. I didn't know how to, how to respond to fear a lot of times. Um, and so I ended up using, and, you know, as I've been going through and doing my fourth step, you know, I've you know, found that most of my resentments and, and things that have built up along the way are, directly related to fear. Um, and that, you know, that is, has, like it's been said, is the driving force, you know, behind a lot of um, what drives, what drove my, my alcoholism. Um, and, I, and I, you know, just appreciate everyone sharing their views on it. And I think, you know, I've, I think I've said this in this meeting before, but one of my favorite quotes um, from Master Yoda is, the fear is the path to the dark side. Um, Fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, and hate leads to suffering. And so I know I I think about that a lot now, um, and it's kind of funny. Um, but I appreciate um, the topic and I'll pass that. Thanks, Brody. Thanks, Brody. Calling Joe, an alcoholic. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. Um, so, John, I appreciate the topic. Fear is a big one for me. So I'm forced up right now, working on my fear inventory, and finding out I have quite a lot of fears that I gotta get out on the paper. Um, so, I mean, that's been fun kind of going through that. But um, I guess my biggest fear currently is, you know, fear of going back to where I was, you know, the shell of a human that I was when I was drinking and using. And granted, through my eyes, while I was doing it, it seemed fun, and it seemed awesome and whatever I was doing, but 
you know, right now, currently, you know, you know, a lot that motivates me is like going back to, you know, the gutter where I was at, how bad life was, how bad my feeling, or how amplified my like feelings were and fears were, and everything like that, and all my emotions, like having to numb it out and then deal with it, you know, 12 hours or eight hours later when I wake up the next morning, it, it sucks. Um, and life has gotten so much better, so much easier, you know. <coughs> Dealing with feelings, having feelings, you know, or being able to sit with stuff and, and being able to process emotions. It's so much better than, you know, getting baked on the couch and, and not really having to deal with any emotions until, you know, I can't kind of came down with it. And same thing drinking wise, not having to or having to process all the emotions, you know, with a pounding headache the next morning at noon. Um, and so I, I like really don't want to go there again. I don't want to be back to where I was. Um, you know, like I said, I was a shell of a human. No, all my friends, you know, they're still my friends. But if you ask them, I have asked them a couple times. You know, what would you think of me back when, when I was drinking and stuff versus how I am now? Like a world of a difference. You know, you like you a lot better than you've got things under control and stuff like that. And that can also kind of took me through a loop um, there because like I realized it's like yeah, like you know, it makes sense actually because. It definitely was a problem, and that's kind of why I'm here and everything and looking at that. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I really, really don't want to go back to where I was, so I'm going to keep coming to meetings and take it one day at a time. So that'll pass. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Matt. I'm an alcoholic. <clears throat> Um, yeah, I think I had like 67 fears on my fear inventory when I did my, my fear uh, inventory. And it, I think one of the things that really helped me was that, <clears throat> uh, well, coming to meetings, I heard other people say that they had about the same amount of fear as well. Um, but I, I realized when I was working the steps, I was trying to do all the resentments at one time. And I got kind of bogged down months and months of working on the resentment part of it. And my sponsor said, hey, why don't you work on the fear inventory and put that aside for a second and go work on the fear inventory. And I realized that I, my fear was that I'd have to share my resentments and my sexual inventory with my sponsor. So by writing that down, I was able to kind of get that out and move past a little roadblock in my resentments and trying to write all those down. Um, so I tell other people what worked for me was to try to work all three parts the sexual inventory, the fear inventory, and the resentments kind of all together don't just, it helped me not to get bogged down in one little compartment, if you will, because um, there's a lot of fear in like having to share those things. And uh, so just getting it all out really helped. But it, it was like little petty things, you know, on my list of fears to pretty major things like, you know, I don't want my, I fear my wife will leave me. <laughs> I have fear I'll let my parents down. I have fear I'll relapse again. You know, I fear my daughter will remember the things that I said when I was drinking in, in, you know, in the very bottom. A lot of things never happened or hadn't happened, but there's a lot of major fears there that in the moment when I was making my fear inventory, it was like, wow, I didn't realize I was that fearful. Um, but then there's like little ones that I've had since I was a kid, you know, like I've got a fear of shots. I don't like to get shots. You know, I don't like to crawl under crawl spaces of houses. <laughs> you know, uh, Just 
petty things. Like there was, I don't, I have fear that my neighbors will get pissed because my chicken coop smells like shit. <laughs> you know? Random stuff that, that it's just that little, it kind of builds and, uh, I had nobody to talk to because I, I wasn't vulnerable like that with people. And to be able to share those vulnerable things with another person um, was a game changer for me. I didn't have a dad that I could share that stuff with at, at the time. You know, I didn't have a, a buddy that I really would trust because I was afraid he'd leave me, you know, because he thought I was weird. So it's grateful to be here. And, uh, and one of the major fears that I had that I had to get past was um, – you know, I had fear that I would share all this stuff with my sponsor and that he would not be my sponsor anymore and he'd leave. <laughs> yeah. And when I shared that with him, he's like, what? You know, my stuff was way worse than your stuff. And so uh, that was huge. So glad to be here. I'll pass. Time for a couple more. What's up, Sean?
And yeah, there's way more than 100 for sure. So um, yeah, it's a great topic and I really enjoyed hearing what you guys had to say because uh, you know, I was right there with all of you. So thanks for letting me share. Any burning desires before we wrap it up? All right. Well, that's about all the time we have tonight. If you needed to share and didn't get a chance to share, please speak with me or one of the home group members after the meeting. Here at this meeting, we believe in working the steps with the sponsor. Will all who have worked the 12 steps with a sponsor and are willing to be a sponsor, please raise your hand. If you are looking for a sponsor, please see one of these members after the meeting. The seventh tradition states that there are no dues or fees for AA membership, but your voluntary contributions are greatly appreciated. I have passed the basket. There are here at All In, we also have a Venmo account that you can donate if you don't have any cash. The account name is at allin-columbia. Again, that's at allin-columbia. The chips, may I have a volunteer to give out the chips tonight? Yeah, Tyler. My name's Tyler, I'm not going to explain when we give them out at the same time. The white chip, you don't want to start or restart this way of life, no time necessary. Yes. Hey. Good job. Yeah. Thirty days. Continuous variety. Sixty days. Brown. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good rich. Yellow for six months. <laughs> Green for nine. All right, well, I've already done this twice. But, you know, <laughs> uh, any anniversaries that we do not know about? I don't know about any. <laughs> uh, any second thoughts on a white chip? Alrighty, thank you. Our hands. Thank you, Tyler. <laughs> Are there any AA related announcements? Brad, alcoholic. Um, one, if you would like to make this meeting Tuesday night on one group, see me after. I'll add you to the list. Um, next week, right after the meeting, we have our group conference. Uh, we got a couple. Important things to go over, so if you can be here, please be here. Um, we got a vote on a couple, some stuff. Um, one of those is uh, a commitment that Gabe will fill us in on. And uh, another reminder, April 25th will be our next speaker meeting. Um, so just keep that in mind. Working on marketing on calendars to make sure you don't have any speakers yet. That's all I got. Drew Alcoholic. What's up, Drew? We have uh, we need some people for uh, mail corrections. Uh, there's a meeting on Tuesday night and Friday morning at Manning. Uh, we're also working on getting in a few other institutions. So if you have any interest in taking uh, meetings out to uh, institutions, jails, prisons, please see me or Joe after the meeting. Um, also, the Acoa Club membership meeting is Sunday, uh, the 26th, of uh, snacks and stuff at 1 o'clock with the membership meeting at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday.
lastly, Saturdays at the club, 9.30 is a newcomers meeting. Um, it's geared more towards people with under a year of sobriety, but everyone is welcome. It's been very well attended. We had 48 people there last Saturday. I would love to see you there. And also they are starting a noon meeting at the club on and beginning of March on Saturdays. So the club will be open from 7 a.m. to like 2 in the afternoon for step work and stuff like that. So keep that in mind. Thanks, 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 Thanks. Thanks. Uh, John Roosberger, alcoholic. Yeah. 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 Two announcements. One is that every Saturday at 8 a.m., uh, we have uh, men's breakfast um, all in all. Um, also, uh, Shandon Happy Hour, three times a year, has a um, Eat and Speaking meeting uh, Friday, March 10th. Uh, Margaret B., who has 40-plus years of sobriety. Margaret. One of the co-founders of the Shannon Happy Hour group uh, will be speaking. Um, it's at Shannon United Methodist Church. Um, eating starts at 5.30, the speaker starts at 6. Uh, it's a good time and it's an open meeting so you can bring non-alcoholic family members or friends. John's at 6. 5.30 eating. Hi Gabe. Hey Gabe. Hey Gabe. Yeah, so last Thursday, Brett and I went to Providence Home looks like it's probably going to be our ongoing commitment. Um, we'll talk about it more at the group conscious meeting. Actually, Brett will open up. But it looks like this is probably going to be a great opportunity that we're going to at least be able to do bi-weekly, but we want to all talk about that and vote on it. But it's a good meeting. Um, I think it'll be a great opportunity. The calendar's up there. All the dates are highlighted to sign up. We don't have, there isn't a Thursday until the group conscious meeting, so we'll get to talk about it more Tuesday. Um, but if you're interested, go ahead and start looking at the calendar, put your name down on the highlight Thursdays. And it's uh, at 6.30 out of Providence for an hour. Three minutes up. I'll be done. One Thursday. Thursdays, sign up. Awesome. Anybody else? Brody, alcoholic. Yeah, we have literature available at this meeting. Yes. If you're interested in any literature, please uh, let me know after the meeting, and I'll be happy to hook you up. Thanks, Brody. Thanks, Brody. Um, our retreat, save the date if you want to go. It's April 21st through the 23rd. Um, we've got three options. Lake, Lake Junaluska is our number one option so far followed by Black Mountain and then Fairview, North Carolina. But we'll have that sewn up uh, next meeting, hopefully. And then these are the people that I have on the list so far. If you uh, want to go, we're starting to take the $100 deposits. Um, it's probably going to be total about 150 with food and everything, which is about average what we normally spend on it. But we ask for $100 to hold your spot. We'll, we'll start taking money probably next time. And yes, you can Venmo. Uh, we have Brett. Myself down, Drew S, Drew R, Joe, John T, Will C, Paul S, Ed, David R, Aaron M, Tyler C, Brooke D, David S, and Chris M, and then Vince. If there's anybody, um, we normally have about 18 to 20 guys show up. It's always a good time. And we're looking for a volunteer to be in charge of the, the content or the 
you know, the, the topic, if you will. So if anybody wants to think on that and has a good idea that would uh, be a good structure for the meeting, that'd be great. So, again, that's April 21st to 23rd. Anybody else have an announcement?